Our text for today is, we have two, one from the Hebrew Scriptures, one from the Christian Scriptures. The first one is from Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 15 through 20, and the second from the Gospel of Luke chapter 10, verses 25 through 28. Both of these texts, written many, many, many years apart, offer the same wonderful invitation to us, and that is the invitation to choose life. Choose life every day. Choose life in every situation. Let's stand together as we hear these words of Scripture together. See, I have set before you today life and prosperity, death and adversity. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I am commanding you today, by loving the Lord your God, walking in His ways, and observing his commandments, decrees, and ordinances, then you shall live and become numerous, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you are entering to possess. But if your heart turns away and you do not hear, but are led astray to bow down to other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you shall perish. You shall not live long in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Choose life so that you and your descendants may live, loving the Lord your God, obeying him and holding fast to him. For that means life to you and length of days, so that you may live in the land that the Lord swore to give to your ancestors, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. And then from the Gospel of Luke. Just then a lawyer stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, what is written in the law? What do you read there? He answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have given the right answer. Do this and you will live. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. Life is full of choices, isn't it? Big choices and little choices. Choices that sometimes we toss and turn for days and weeks and even months over making. Some choices that we make in the twinkle of an eye without so much as a conscious thought. Life is full of choices. Just today you made a lot of choices. When to get up, if to get up on Sunday, right? Whether you're going to come to worship, I'm so glad you made the choice you made this morning. Uh, going to have breakfast, you're just going to wait and eat donuts in the Connect Cafe. Uh, what are you going to wear, where are you going to park, where are you going to sit? You get the point. Every day is like that. Every day is filled with choice after choice after choice. Since this uh, week was Valentine's week, uh, my thoughts went back to Valentine's Day 
when I was in the eighth grade many years ago and my mother made a choice my mother made the choice that it would do her awkward youngest son a, a, a lot of good if he would ask a girl to go to the church Valentine banquet with him now in Mabelville, Arkansas, where I grew up, we didn't have cotillion and all those things that teach you how to do all that stuff. So I was horrified that my mother had decided I was going to do this. And her choice unloaded a lot of choices on me. Who am I going to ask? How do you ask? What do you say? What do you wear? What do you talk about? Do you try to hold their hand? Do you try to get a kiss, good night? I didn't know any of that stuff. Choices, choices, choices. Well, I figured if I was going down, I'm going down in flames, so I asked the cutest girl in church. <laughs> and some reason, she's probably still questions in her own mind, she said yes, that she would go with me. And so Patty and I went to the Youth Valentine Banquet. Uh, as I recall, we had a really good time. I also recall we never went out again, which probably tells you something about the whole evening. I saw her a few years ago at my 40th high school reunion, and I still felt like I should apologize for making her go on that date with me all those years ago. I was so pitiful and so pathetic choices. Life is full of choices. The fact that we choose is proof of the wonderful gift God has given us called free will. We have the opportunity to choose. We have the power to a degree in our life to determine who we want to be and the life that we're going to live. We have the right to and the power to become co-creators with God about this life we are going to live. But the thing we often don't realize about the gift of free will is that with the power to choose uh, comes great power. The power to choose brings great power. The person I choose to be has a great effect on the people closest to me, the people in my life around me, the people I work with, my neighbors, my family, my church. The life that I choose to live, the life that you choose to live, has an effect on the world. The Bible tells us of this reality from beginning to end. One of the first stories in the Bible in the book of Genesis is the story of a garden and a man and a woman and a talking snake and a bad choice. <laughs> and all the way at the end of the scriptures in all those powerful and strange images from the revelation of John, those stories are still about the choices we make to say yes to God or no to God, to say yes to God's way or no 
to God's way. It tells us, the Bible tells us throughout about the choices God makes. God chose to create. God chose to love. God chose to lead. God chose to forgive. God chose to accept. But it also has all these stories about how humans make choices. And how sometimes we choose to be faithful and sometimes we don't. How we choose to be obedient to God and sometimes we choose to be rebellious. Sometimes we choose to love God back and sometimes we don't. Life is full of choices. One of my role models and heroes throughout my ministry uh, has been Reverend Cecil Williams, who is a great pioneer in the United Methodist Church in a lot of different ways, on a lot of different levels. He was one of the first uh, pioneering students at SMU when Perkins School of Theology uh, integrated the university by uh, having African-American students come to Perkins. He was in those early years, in the early 1950s, when that happened. He was sent to be the pastor of the Glide Memorial United Methodist Church in uh, San Francisco in 1963. He's still there. He's 90 years old. He's the pastor emeritus and the minister of justice or something. He's still very, very active. And under his leadership, that church, which is on the corner of a very uh, rough and difficult part of San Francisco, they made a commitment to care for the homeless and the underserved and the working poor. And over the years of his ministry there, that church has grown to be a 10,000 member church and is to this day the number one provider of social services in the city of San Francisco. They serve 3,000 meals a day to the people in that community. This is a person who has led and worked with people in the most difficult situations of life. And this is what he says about the choices we make. The problem with our culture is that people are afraid to live and afraid to die. We don't have the faith to do either, so we don't choose to live. Instead, we choose to numb ourselves with drugs and alcohol and shallow relationships. We choose to distract ourselves with money, with things, with stuff. We don't choose life. We don't risk life. We don't love This invitation from Deuteronomy and this invitation from Jesus is still an invitation we need today, isn't it? We need to hear those words, choose life. Well, our text from Deuteronomy is a portion of the retelling of Moses' farewell sermon. The end of the story of Moses. He's up in years now, about 120 years old, the story says. About time to retire, he thinks. So he is turning over the reins 
to Joshua, who will lead the people into the promised land that Moses will never see. As he gathers the people together at a place called Moab, he speaks to a people, the children, the Hebrew children. People who have quite a story and quite a history with God. They knew the burden of slavery for 400 and something years in Egypt. But they also knew the exhilaration of a miraculous deliverance through the sea. They know what it's like to be free in their own lives, to determine their own future, and yet to make choices where they decided to grumble and complain and live in ingratitude in spite of all God had done for them. They knew what it was like to receive life-giving water from a rock and to eat manna, bread that fell from heaven every day to sustain them. And yet they chose poorly time and time again, so much so that they've spent the last 40 years wandering around in the desert, in the wilderness, waiting for the promised land to be there. So when Moses has his last sermon, he reminds them of all their story, of all the things that God had done for them, all the ways God had delivered them and provided for them. He reminded them of God's choices, that God chose them in the covenant with Abraham, and God chose them with the covenant on Sinai and the giving of the law. And then he looks at them and says this. Choose life. Choose life. God has proven that God is faithful. God has proven to us that God can be trusted. Choose life. It's as simple and as profound as that. Choose life. The way of God is life, real life, meaningful life. And any other way is settling for less than what God has for us. Settling for less than we can be. Settling for less than we can know. Settling for less than we can do. Choose life, he says. This is the power of of choice in our life. We can choose God and a life of meaning and purpose or as Cecil Williams says, we can choose everything else. And there's no comparison. When we choose life, we can face the future with faith and with hope. Because we know the God who's leading us into life. We know that God can be trusted. We know that God is faithful. Or we can choose the other way and just become a part of the world in all its anger and bigotry and shameless pursuit of power and privilege. If we think about our own stories, the way Moses helped those people 
long ago think about their story how God has seen us through how God has been with us the choice is clear we should choose God and we should choose life then Jesus offers the same invitation to this person who comes to him in the gospel of Luke what must I do to inherit eternal life? What must I do to have real life? Jesus says, what's the law say? What do you read there? Love God with all my mind and strength and heart and soul and love my neighbor as myself. Jesus says, you've answered correctly. Do this, choose this, and you will live. We should never hear these texts as guilt-producing. We should never hear these texts as guilt-ridden. Because both Moses and Jesus are not saying to us, you got one shot at this choice and it's over. Neither Moses or Jesus says, you made your bed, now lie in it. Neither Moses or Jesus says, yeah, you messed up, so you get what you deserve. Moses and Jesus are saying the opposite of that. They're saying that this is a day to choose life. That every day is a day of new choices and every day is a day of new beginnings. Moses is speaking to a bunch of people that hated his guts. They couldn't stand the guy. Read the story. It's horrible. Why he stuck around, I'll never know. Horrible. But his invitation is, choose life. That's the past. We're talking about the future. Jesus isn't talking to a faithful disciple who's left everything to follow him. He's talking to a lawyer whose only purpose was to trick him and to test him and to trap him. But the invitation is the same. Choose life. Sometimes we say things to each other that make us think our chance to choose is past. Worst of all, sometimes we say to ourselves, our chance to choose is past. Have you ever felt like because of the choices you've made, you can't make any different ones now? Have you ever felt trapped by your choices? Have you ever felt that it's too late for you to know happiness or to know peace or to know contentment, or to walk with God in the deep way that your heart longs to do because of some choice you made in the past? Hear these words from Moses, and hear these words from Jesus. Today is a day to choose life. It's not about our past. It is about the future. It's about who we choose to be now going forward. It's about the life we choose to live now and in the next day and in the next week and in the next month 
of our life. That's always the gracious invitation from the heart of God. These words should never make us feel we've missed the chance. They should inspire us to seize this moment because they remind us that God has already made God's choice about us. God's already made God's choice about you and about me. And God's choice is to love us and forgive us and accept us and save us. Why wouldn't we choose life? In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.